Welcome, you have found Out of the Ordinary, the show that helps you grow a daily life that matters. I'm Lisa Jo Baker. And I'm Christy Purifoy. After our two-week series on hope, we are back with, I think, a truly hopeful, joyful conversation because it's party time. I seriously already have my garden party dress picked out because Maplehurst is opening her gardens for a very special event. You don't want to miss, friends. Keep listening for details. Get comfy. Here we go. I feel like I'm coming into this episode today like spring. I am channeling my inner spring. I am filled with joy. (laughs) I know we have had some hard conversations, some heavy conversations. There's been a lot of storm talk, but I was reminding my kids this morning in the same way that it says March. Do you know these? You, of course, know these nursery rhymes. March in like a lion, out like a lamb. In April, it says April showers bring May flowers. And I feel like we've had a lot of showers, both metaphorically and literally. (laughs) But today, (laughs) the sun is shining. It is beautiful. I am filled with hope for so many reasons, one of which is after two years of being shut down this year, one of my very favorite things is happening again at Maplehurst. I'm going to see you two weekends in a row in person. I'm so happy. I'm having a lot of feelings of joy. They feel (laughs) strange, but I like it. I feel it too. I noticed it last night when I went to bed. I was all happy as I was falling asleep, which is unusual for me, actually, because (laughs) at night is when all the thoughts like swirl in my brain. (laughs) Right. But they were not last night. I just felt really happy and hopeful and excited about my garden and spring and excited to welcome you and other friends and neighbors back to Maplehurst. And of course, in classic Christy Maplehurst fashion, there's mud out there. Things are like, I don't know, half erected. And there's, uh, it's, you know, it's kind of a mess out there, but that's how we do it around here. We plan enormous parties while things are like, I don't know, halfway and (laughs) scattered. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I feel like we're being very oblique, but maybe we can let our listeners pretend that they are me right now. And I got a text message from you this past week with a photograph attached to it. There was nothing else, no context, (laughs) no message, nothing, (laughs) just this photograph. And I nearly started crying and I ran to show it to Peter immediately. (laughs) Aww. That makes me so happy. Yes, yes. I sent you a photo of Elsa, my youngest, holding the paper I dropped off in every mailbox in the surrounding neighborhood as I lasted three years ago. Because you're right, we missed two years because of the pandemic. So it's now been three years since the last neighborhood Easter egg hunt. Woohoo! Drum roll! The 2000 egg hunt is back! <laughs> Booyakasha! I'm so happy! I'm so happy! <laughs> we are back. We are back. Yes. Yeah. And it's funny how we've kind of, um, it's like, it's like we're not looking at, at least for now we are, but I think until recently, it's like me and my whole family, we weren't looking at directly in the eye. We were like giving it the side eye, like <laughs> whispering. And the kids would say, oh, are we doing that again this year? And I'd say, yeah, I think so. And then we'd kind of keep moving. So we've done like no planning. We've filled no Easter eggs, Lisa Joe. Usually <laughs> by this time, we are well on our way to filling those 2,000 Easter eggs. We have done nothing. I haven't even pulled out the bags and boxes of eggs in the basement. 
I still have, actually, I have a big unopened box of Easter eggs already filled with little toys that were pre-ordered. They were already ordered for the hunt two years ago. Oh, that's sad. And then we never got to use them. I never even opened the box because, you know, everything shut down in mid-March. So it was before Easter. Yeah. So we've just been giving it the side eye, but now I guess it's official because I've invited people. I put those notes in the mailbox. You can make eye contact with that date now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Although I haven't started checking the weather report. That's what I start doing like, um, usually like 10 days out. So it's kind of a big deal that I haven't done it yet. I have not even looked at what the (laughs) forecast is. Rain or shine, as it says on the invite, we will be hunting eggs next Saturday morning. (laughs) Well, my son Micah is a compulsive information gatherer. I actually think he's got to be an Enneagram 5. He loves data. He loves information. And he has started his new lacrosse season. And all he does on the day of games is obsessively report to us the night before the weather for every single hour of the school day. And the percentage chance of rain versus lightning versus thunder. And I'm like, buddy, there's nothing we can do about it. Like, it's going to rain or it's not. You know, like, however much information you share is not, in fact, going to make a difference. But I feel like it does with the egg hunt. There's something about the egg hunt. We have had years where it is literally pouring buckets, streaming water Mm -hmm. from the heavens, rivers forming in your driveway up until an hour before we're supposed to hunt. And then the clouds part. The rain stops. Mm -hmm. Kids show up in rain boots. We hunt. I mean, every single year it's been like that. We've never had to call it off completely. No, never. There's been cold. There's been wind. There's been snow that week. And yet somehow the egg hunt goes on. So yeah, I feel like year after year of that, I just... I can ease into it now in a way that was much harder for me early on. Like, hey, this is going to happen. I'm not exactly sure how, but it's going to happen. So it's like, I don't know, it's like I have faith in the whole egg hunt thing now (laughs) (laughs) after years of like, oh, yeah, it's okay. But it's been hard not to have it these past few years. It's been weird. And I have like a little sadness that, you know, like my youngest like she's nine now and she's getting to like, I don't know how much longer she's going to want to hunt eggs. And I feel a little sadness that she missed the last two, but at the same time we had some good family time and um, you know, it's okay. But there is that weirdness with like post pandemic picking up again, maybe things that we let go of for a while or we lost for a while, certain things are returned to us. So now the egg hunt is returned to us, but I, I realized like, yeah, there's the joy, there's the excitement, there's the hope, it feels good. And then there are those moments of like reckoning again, I think, with what happened, what was lost. And while this is a very small, very small aspect of that, um, I know there must be like bigger, deeper things that, you know, that lots of people are dealing with. Like maybe, okay, now you get to have the family reunion, but you're also remembering the two you didn't get to have. Like that, I think... I guess I'm realizing like that's part of it too, that there there is a mixture of feelings, but mostly it's just excitement. <laughs> well, if you're wondering what we're talking about, you can go back into our archives. Episode 29, I think, is where we spoke about the epic all-neighborhood Easter egg hunt that Christy and her family have hosted the last seven years. I mean, like... Yeah, so Elsa was a, newbo- a newborn... That first year. That's crazy. So Zoe was two. Yeah. And it was a way for you to break the ice with your neighbors and invite everybody to come. And now everybody comes. <laughs> right. And 
So episode 29, it's actually called Our Easy Recipe for Hospitality because it really is about how to create a very low bar to clear when you're trying to connect with your neighbors. Um, even for those of us who are introverts and would rather not make small talk with neighbors, here is a simple way to bring people over into your space. And um, it really is a story that our children have grown up with because I remember two years ago, my teenage sons were like, we're not going to hunt. We're too old to hunt. We don't need to hunt. And then do you remember at the end of the driveway, the hunting and how my son Micah was clutching his eggs? Do you remember this? <laughs> I do. They got so into it. That was awesome. But do you remember yeah, he had yeah. them all in his t-shirt? Like he had stretched his t-shirt out like a bag <laughs> and it was so giant. And then he dumped them all down his pants. Do you remember that? Oh, I don't his remember sweat that pants part. were like a giant pregnant belly of Easter eggs. It's very disturbing. <laughs> Yeah, I was popping. So the the invitations went out um, not too long ago, but I walked the whole neighborhood actually with my two youngest. So with Elsa and with Bo, and um, we had a good little system. I was walking Coco, and Bo was carrying the big stack, and then Elsa would come, and Bo would hand one to her, and she she was doing all the like hustling to each mailbox. And um, one of my neighbors was out in his yard, and so I spoke to him like, "Hey!" Uh, and actually, this neighbor, I should say, uh, such a good friend, such a good neighbor that. At some point in the history of the egg hunt, I can't remember how many years ago now, he came, with my permission, of course, he volunteered. I was so excited. He came in full Easter Bunny yes. costume. So Zoe and I were literally just talking about the Easter Bunny <laughs> year. We have photographs, and she was so tiny. Yes. <laughs> That's who it was. Yes, about neighbor. Yeah, I ran yes. into him, and I said, uh, you know, hey, we're doing it again. But I know his, his kids and their age, and I said um, something like, yeah, we've missed, you know, it's been three years. We missed the last two. And um, I have no idea, you know, all the kids are growing, grown up. I have no idea, you know, who's who's still going to want to hunt. But I said something like, maybe it'll just be the, gro maybe all the kids are too grown up, but all the adults, we will we'll get out there and hunt for eggs. <laughs> like, we just have to keep it going. So. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I always remember Peter helping John to put eggs on the ground and Peter coming back in and saying, oh my gosh, your back gets so sore from oh, bending so sore. over all the time with all these thousands of eggs mm -hmm. that have to be hidden. I know if you are wondering about the Easter egg hunt and you haven't heard us talk about it, you should definitely follow Christy on on Instagram because this weekend, so it'll be Saturday this week in Holy Week uh, in between Good Friday and Easter morning, obviously. Um, but Christy is at Christy Purifoy on Instagram. I will be there and probably will Instagram more than Christy because she will be very <laughs> invested in hosting and I will be documenting. So I'm at Lisa Jo Baker. And at the same time, you should subscribe to our podcast because it makes us happy and it lets you easily find past episodes. So please do that if you haven't. Um, and come, you catch up. If you want to just go back and re-listen to that episode, it's like nearly four years ago that we recorded mm -hmm. it. But yeah. it gives you an introduction to some of the heart and the thinking behind the hunt. And now I think, Christy, there's so many people who are in my friend's circle because of that hunt, like that mm -hmm, hunt mm -hmm. day, because of course, so talking about adults wanting to hunt, my favorite part, the adult's favorite part of the hunt is not the hunt. It is the lunch that happens after the hunt. Where everybody brings soup and salads and the adults gather and we talk for hours. And usually there's someone in your community who brings an epic dessert. Like, remember the mm -hmm. cake we had that year? That was so beautiful. I do. That was Jane. Yes, oh, I've invited goodness. her. I haven't heard. I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> Tell her it's really important. Yeah, she she comes. Is, she's invited again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, while well, most of the neighbors sort of wander off back 
home or to get their kids to Little League or whatever. There's always been this sort of small crew. Usually, how, so how it started, I remember, is that there were just a few families like you guys, um, but then a couple others who are in the area, but not actually in the neighborhood. So it, right. it's generally just for the neighborhood. But then there were a couple other families every year that we would tell, you know, we would tell them about it and they would come out. And then over the years, it, you know, a few of those families came repeatedly like you guys. And so because they didn't live right in the neighborhood, uh, it made sense for them to hang on a little bit and just have some lunch with us and do a potluck lunch. So um, that too had become, has, yeah, that's really become uh, kind of one of my favorite moments of the day. I think because it's like successful egg hunt behind you and now I can just like relax and enjoy and rest. And now we're we're really um, coming around the corner toward Easter morning and that feels so good. So yeah, it has become a really special moment. And that's that's probably what I missed most um, in those two those two years. And you know, yeah. I've I've only putting this into words now, but often those conversations we have over potluck soup feel often like a touch point for grief, strangely enough, like catching up on people's hard stories, yeah. which always feels really appropriate to happen on the Saturday between Good Friday and Easter, that somehow it just seems like the right day to share hard and sad things. Mm-hmm. And it feels like a place where that's welcome, like to sit down and essentially talk to someone I haven't seen in a year, but that I know well through you and open with so, and then just begin talking about our hard stories. There's something really... Well, hopeful, since that's what we've been talking about the last few weeks, about having places and people where you know they're going to show up with homemade bread mm-hmm. and be really honest about their pain. <laughs> I don't know yeah. why that is so comforting, but it really is. Yeah, maybe it's like, I hadn't thought about this before either, but maybe there are certain events, certain places, but also certain times of year that are like thin places. You know mm-hmm. that phrase, thin place, yeah. like an idea that somehow like, the spiritual world or God is just sort of nearer in certain places. And I I like that idea. It's kind of a Celtic Christian idea, but I've also, I don't know, like not really taken it seriously, but it occurs to me that that Easter weekend, if there's any kind of thin place in the circle of the year, it would make sense that it would be that one. And that is how we, what we have experienced that somehow, I think it has to do with that it's the turning from winter to spring. So always the egg hunt comes, at least here where we live in southeastern PA, it is always at this pretty much precise moment where we're moving from winter to spring. Um, usually, like, it's one of the first warmer days, a few flowers are out. Like, we're not quite fully in spring, but we are right on that turning. It is always kind of right on that edge. Um, so, there's that. And then, yeah, our, you know, our minds are turned, you know, we've come through Lent and now our mind, we're like almost at Easter. Like, there is something about like, we're still very much carrying whatever, you know, has been on us through the year, through the winter. Um, and But then there's something about that weekend and that egg hunt and that potluck that is a kind of arrival for all of us where we can like shed our burdens for a little while and sit down in ways that we haven't done in a long time. I I feel like that may be even more true this year after missing, you know, because of the pandemic. So yeah, it's like a, th- a thin, thin moment in time or something. Um, and that's, yeah, it's really special. I feel like You know, as someone, so, you know, I share a lot of the podcasts about myself as a placemaker and as someone who cares about hospitality and sharing my home and inviting other people into it. But that is 
one of those things I'm always aware of is that, you know, you just kind of make yourself available. You do try certain things, but those are the things you can't control. Like you cannot control what kind of conversation there will be or, um, yeah, you, you just can't. But it's such a gift to to realize that certain simple things and the egg hunt is so simple. I don't even cook a single potluck dish. Like you guys I know. bring it. I <laughs> you know. know? It's perfect. so simple. Really, the only hard part, I feel like, is hiding those eggs because that's, that's hard. <laughs> um, but for such a simple thing to, yeah, for it to, to feel so good and have such a profound um, effect is like grace. It's just a gift always. So I'll say yeah. that I, there tends to be pressure, at least I experience pressure around Easter that you're supposed to invite people to church, et cetera. And I just... I'm just never going to be that person. It doesn't feel easy for me. And I saw, I don't know, I feel like it was on Instagram this week where there was a post about like, here are the five easy steps to invite someone to church on Sunday. And I just thought, why would you invite them on Easter? Like, in, in, mm-hmm. <laughs> so bear with me here. My husband has gone down a rabbit trail this last few year, particularly of just really leaning into the Orthodox tradition and learning about some of the richer, deeper historical roots behind a lot of these markers in the Christian calendar. Easter particularly is one of them, obviously. But one of the things he talked about is how in our churches today, we are very seeker-focused. So we are tending to want to make our churches accessible to people who don't typically come to church. And that was the reverse of the experience the early Christians had. The early Christians gathered in church because it was a time when they could actually gather with people who were speaking the same language that they were, who knew what they meant when they talked about Jesus' death, his body, his resurrection. There wasn't an expectation that in those moments there would be outsiders. They lived all of their lives mostly with outsiders, right? They were bringing the gospel constantly. But when they gathered for church, it was the one place where they could kind of speak in shorthand to one another about key remembrances, traditions, um, really the the liturgies of the mm-hmm. faith that was developing. So in that sense, Easter seems to me to be the weirdest time to invite somebody to church <laughs> yeah. because Easter is about a God we believe died, was betrayed. It's very dramatic. He rose from the dead. He's got holes in his hands. Like, I've been a believer for 47 years, and it's weird to me, okay? It is a <laughs> weird narrative. And so I am now oversharing about, you. Know, so if you are inviting someone to church, I I that is a beautiful thing. Please don't hear me say don't do it. I'm simply sharing. For years, I used to feel guilty that I felt uncomfortable. And I just want to release anybody who does feel stressed at the pressure to invite someone to the service. It's why we're offering a picture like the hunt, the egg hunt. Like there's something that feels... I know eggs have nothing to do with Jesus per se, right? Or bunnies <laughs> or chocolate or any of that stuff or Easter baskets. But guess what has to do with Jesus? Inviting people into our lives, creating low barriers of entry to community. And so whether it is an Easter egg hunt or a potluck or, um, you know, the neighbors coming together to barbecue together, mm-hmm. those are not gatherings we should discount because there's not a church service at the center. And I think what you're, what I'm trying to work my way around to the long way is sometimes church services appear in the most unexpected places where you can be having a potluck over chili or broccoli cheddar soup, and you're talking about your heavy griefs from the year. 
And guess what now? You're in church. You didn't <laughs> have to invite someone formally to your service. You don't have to decode what's happening when the pastor's talking about eating the body and drinking the blood. You don't have to have a weird moment there. <laughs> um, and so I guess that's what I'm learning more about the vernacular we use, how we gather and why we gather on Sundays, but how important it is that we still are not afraid to gather, especially in these days mm-hmm. as the world is opening back up. And that gathering doesn't always have to be happy-go-lucky. It can be simple and sad. And that feels like church to me. Mm, simple and sad. I feel like that, <laughs> Lisa like, Jo, you may have Lisa coined my song. Enneagram for placemaker motto. Simple and sad. No, <laughs> no, no. Simple, so- sad, but beautiful. That's, there you go. <laughs> that is my ideal party. No, <laughs> maybe not sad. Maybe like melancholy is uh, is a more yeah. beautiful word. <laughs> and really, what I mean by that is like willing to go deep right away. No need for small talk. <laughs> right, right. I always enjoy that so much about the people you gather because it is that way. And we're willing to go deep in all kinds of ways. Like you'll just find people in Christie's kitchen and I don't know who they are, but everyone knows where the <laughs> knives and forks are and someone's making coffee and someone else is putting a loaf of bread into the oven. I'm like, hey, is Christy and John around? <laughs> like It's so great. Mm. Everyone just comes in and takes over the kitchen. It's so wonderful. And then, you know, just picks up conversations from a year or two years before. And mm-hmm. often the common thread is suffering. It really has been. Yeah. No, you're right. And, but I, I like, I like this idea of like simple, easy gathering, not from the kind of like, like magazine headline, like simple ways to, oh, you know, right. no. but, but simple in the sense of like, like you can just keep doing it even during busy times or right. stressful times or, you know, so our, our list, uh, yeah, I don't, actually, I don't know. I was about to say our listeners know, but no, our listeners may not know that I, I'm in a busy season. I just had a big deadline. Um, our listeners would know that I, you know, released Garden Maker just a couple months ago and there've been um, a lot of, great, you know, events and and workshops and speaking uh, around that. And so, it's just a really, 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 (laughs) I might say it two more times, it's a really, really busy time of, of not, I was going to say time of year. No, no, it is just a very busy season of my life. It won't always be like this, but for now, it's very full. Many good things, but very full. Um, and so to have these opportunities to gather in ways where like, I know the formula, I don't have to think about it, it's just going to happen. Like the, I made the invitation in, in like five minutes, we ran out, we dropped it off. Um, like I said, we haven't even started stuffing eggs yet, but you know, it'll happen. Like we've got, you know, one, two, three, we've, we've, we've done it now so many times. So, so we can just do it. And it's like, um, it's become almost one of those like habits or of just like ordinary life. It's just an ordinary thing for us to go down to the basement, get out the leftover plastic Easter eggs and fill them up. And it just, it doesn't take any brain space. It can, um, it can happen even in a time when I don't have a lot to give to it. And um, that's something else that I'm always talking about, like with placemaking or garden making, but I'm realizing maybe it's true with like these sorts of gatherings as well is that if you're, if you do it and you're, and you put the effort in up front, certain things down the road can end up sort of taking care of you in ways you didn't expect, like nourishing you or feeding you. And so my garden does that, placemaking does that. Um, and I'm realizing, oh, I think the Easter egg hunt too, like to be able to gather with friends at this time of year, I know is going to be so special and life giving. Um, 
And yet it can happen because I put in the effort years ago to figure out how to do it, figure out the best way to do it so that this year, John and I, we just don't even have to think about it. I'm glad you joked about how I invited you because partially it was because I knew I didn't need to give you more info, Mm. but partially was that like, that's how things are happening right now. Just quick, quick to the point. Like, here you go, Lisa Joe. <laughs> Where's well, I mean, the picture of the invitation? You don't you even do need to invite me. I literally just marked it on my calendar this year. There's the Saturday before Easter. We'll be Good. in Kapira Voice. Right. Right. You almost didn't even need the right. invitation. Like, that's right. how... how wrote in a good yeah. way it's become like it's just reliable we can count on it um and like what a gift so that now it can kind of be there for us whether whether or not we have the time for emails or phone calls about like okay are we doing a potluck well who's bringing soup like no well, i've had none of those conversations because i know at this by this time mm-hmm. we just know how to do it and we'll right. and it'll happen right. so what a gift what a blessing and i think if you're listening to this and wishing you had something like that Guess what? You can. It doesn't have to be an Easter egg hunt. Here's a good example. I have two really good friends I met in our church. I love them so much. They've recently moved to another church and I was so sad about it. And we were talking and they said, why are you sad? Like, it's not like we're not going to see you. And so we started calendaring in because what happened is every time we tried to coordinate, like when we're going to see each other, it becomes this huge schlep. We couldn't figure out a date. And so we said, okay, we should try and do like a breakfast once a month. And one of our friends said, well, let's just decide it each month. And then the other one was really smart. And she said, no, then it will always be this dramatic. We are going to pick a day every month, the second Monday of every month and a time, 730 in the morning and a place. And we will just, it's just on the calendar first. That just becomes our commitment. It's a no brainer. It just happens. And not having to decide it every month, not having to juggle calendars, is a relief mentally. It creates mental space, but it also is a sense of belonging. There's a sense in which you are a first things priority to your friends. Mm. And it feels so comforting in the same way that Easter egg hunt, the Saturday before Easter, just feels like home at your house. Yeah. I guess what I'm saying is you can do that, listeners, with your friends too. It can be a breakfast or a book club or a movie night or an Easter egg hunt or, you know, your kids, if you're, you know, have littles, like there's a day once a month, you get all the little kids together. I don't know what it is. Like you go to the dog park. It's like whatever it is, decide it and get everybody else to know when Hmm. and where. And then it just takes all the deciding out of it. Like, then you don't have to keep wondering, is it going to happen or not? You just know. Well, no, yes, we always do this. I did that South African thing. No, yes. Yes, no is what we say a lot there. (laughs) Yanya, I mean, yes, yes, not yes, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. And that's so great, Lisa Joe. And so it's reminding me also. Like, so I love, so this kind of party, this kind of gathering just feels like home. Like, mm. like you said, easy, reliable. I think you're right. I, I hadn't actually even realized that significant detail that you just mentioned. I think one reason that it has become so reliable and easy is that the first year we just decided it's going to be on Holy Saturday. It's the day before Easter. Done. So I never think about dates or we never have to figure out who's free. It just is always that right. Saturday morning. So that has made it so easy. So there's that kind of party. But then I am really excited as well. So not just am I going to get to see the next two weekends, but I'm planning a whole different kind of party, which is not the one that feels like home, the one that's always on the calendar, the one that's easy to do, the one that takes no effort, the one where other people just meet your needs. 
I am super excited that for the first time in probably three years as well, I'm planning like a real party party where it's all new, all different, has a theme, has a date, has a time, <laughs> like, you know, where I'm dreaming of the details and it could be anything. And it's like, like an artist with a blank canvas. Mm. What's it going to be? And so I am hosting a garden party at Maplehurst in May. You're coming, right? You're going to be there? I mean, it's been on my calendar for a long time oh, good, now, good, good. so yes. Um, <laughs> like, what kind of, it's like a really dumb question. Duh. <laughs> I mean, the last time we did this was in 2019 when we hosted yeah. our first yep. live Out of the Ordinary podcast event at the barn that was simultaneously my book launch. It was amazing. 50 podcast listeners came. There were only 50 tickets, and people have often asked, when are you going to do that again? guess what? We're doing it again, except it will be different. It won't be a live podcast. It will be a garden party celebrating Christy's book. It will be in the evening from seven to nine. And it's on a Thursday, right? May 12th. It is. It is. Yes. And it's on a Thursday because when I looked at my calendar, I'm talking about calendars, there were no free Saturdays. <laughs> so the other thing, the other thing that's happening in my life right now is my oldest is graduating graduating from high school. Crazy. So um, she's going to have a graduation party one Saturday. Then there's there's convocation itself. So it's a busy, busy. Um, like I said, <laughs> it's a really full time of year. So yeah, there were no Saturdays, and um, I've been planning this little garden party with a local friend who. Um, is a florist and just a great party person. So she's been brainstorming with me and I was talking with her and we just felt like, you know, we might, not only would it work better for us, our weekends are so busy, but if it's just a little elegant evening soiree, soiree, oh, right. <laughs> yeah, that's the word, soiree, then a Thursday night might, you know, might just work, you know, just fine. Um, so we know yeah. it's not easy if you are flying in as some yeah. people did last time. So there will be future events like that. But if yeah. you're local, so if you're in Pennsylvania or Maryland or Washington, D.C. or, New, nor, I don't know, New, what's, what's the other state around you? Delaware. I was Delaware? like, where? What am I trying to say? <laughs> Everyone always forgets poor Delaware. <laughs> Northern Virginia. Um, you could drive. You can come and spend the evening with us. There's a link in the show notes where you can purchase tickets. It's a limited number. I think it's like 50 or so. And I'll just let you know if you're thinking about it, if you're on the fence, don't hesitate because last time uh, the tickets went very, very, very quickly. Um, but it would be really fun to have you come and celebrate Christy. And with the price of a ticket, you get a book too, right? Christy is signed right? Back and Yes. Yeah. Thanks to Harvest House. They've been so generous. They're giving a a free book to like they're giving a book with with the for those first 50 tickets so i will sign copies so that means that honestly it's like almost free to come because the ticket price is just a couple bucks more than it would be for the book so it's it's a win-win it's just a win-win-win <laughs> but i'm oh, i'm so excited lisa joe it's just it's just it's gonna be a garden party so if anyone has listening has um already read garden maker you know i have a whole essay in there about garden parties and i have feelings about garden parties <laughs> like they are not like other kinds of gatherings so they're very excited. particular very special very beautiful so yes enneagram four here saying garden parties are like the the 
the special party, like, <laughs> they're like the super special party version of all parties. I don't know. So no wonder I love them, but they're like the Cinderella of parties. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> it's just, yeah, they're just unique and special and I'm excited to, to dream a little and try to make it, um, a beautiful, you know, enjoyable evening for, for those who want to come and wander the grounds at Maplehurst. Oh my, yeah. I already have a dress picked on because I feel like you have to wear a dress to a garden party. Right? So yeah. Excited. Oh, I'm totally wearing a dress. Yeah. I'm sure we'll have fly. I haven't, have I picked mine out? I feel like I, I feel like I did. And now I can't picture it in my head. You've got oh my time. Goodness. But it's got to have flowers on it. Like I'm surely, surely <laughs> totally. the dress. Oh yes. No, I do. I have a Liberty print dress, which is like a little floral print. So probably that. I have yeah. one that has floral print on it also. And I have already called the upstairs bedroom so that I can sleep over after. The right. Right. Because <laughs> being a Thursday. Yeah. You need a place to crash after. So, yep. It would be so fun to see some of you in person, to have you come and celebrate Christy and get to see her beautiful garden at the perfect time of year. And, um, you know, I feel like after two years of COVID, to have a chance to dress up and to be in the garden and to just take time to remember the gift of gardens, but how, as Christy writes, gardens are made for people and to have the people back in the garden. That's what I'm excited about. I know. That makes me a little teary-eyed. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's been a long time of just me and my garden and I have enjoyed it. It's been great. <laughs> and I took all those photos for the book and, um, but it's going to be really good to have other people in amongst the flowers again. And for yeah. context, I will share that one year at the Easter egg hunt is when Christy and Dawn were planning the flower garden and they had just had an entire dump truck, the full dump truck of manure dumped in the spot that would become the flower garden and the smell was unbelievable <laughs> and there's all these children and we're about to hunt for easter eggs and everyone was like wow what is that <laughs> and christy said I know. I, it was one I of those remember. things she couldn't coordinate they had just no. happened to dump it beforehand yeah. but it's funny how the egg hunt really is a mile marker for a lot of that garden's life yeah no it's true i remember maybe it was then the next year where it was still so early spring and so in my mind, it was now recognizable as a garden, even though just from the past, like there wasn't anything. <laughs> there was like some teeny tiny little boxwood shrubs and that was about it. So I remember a couple people that year asking me like, oh, what are you doing over there? What is that? Are you going to grow Christmas trees? <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> people, it's a flower garden. Can't you tell? But of course they couldn't because there were no flowers. It did not look like much at all. But oh, yeah, to, from that, that to now and to Garden Maker and all of it. It is a really cool oh, marker in the wait. year. I'm so excited <laughs> about it. So if you get to meet us there, we're really excited to see you in mm -hmm. person too. And um, gosh, Chrissy, I can already picture us um, in garden party dresses and champagne in your garden. Oh, I love it. Okay, I'll make sure there's champagne. <laughs> and in the meantime... I'm at, look at me, I got my pen. I'm adding it to my list. <laughs> champagne <laughs> for Christy and Lisa Joe. <laughs> And in the meantime, man, let's hunt some eggs this weekend. Yeah. I cannot wait. Oh, happy, happy Easter, everyone. Happy Easter. Happy Easter.